Thanks for joining Cornerstone for our message of the week. We hope you'll be inspired and encouraged. To connect with our church family and to watch our services live, download our app today by texting Sparks Will Fly as one word, app to 77977. That's Sparks Will Fly app to 77977 or by visiting us online at sparkswillfly.cc. Amen. When you find the book of Ephesians, the third chapter, we're gonna, I'm just going to talk briefly this morning. I know we're already, sorry, about 11.20. And by way of announcements, we got a ton of people out. Um, so, standing, stand, standing, Stanton has a letter that if you have a child in the firehouse, Age, you need to get that letter. You need to see him before you leave. They have the letter that is concerning the Verge Conference that we went to um, last summer, which is, again, it has been moved to July. Just go ahead and tell you what are some things in the letter. That um, the early bird registration is due by April 1st. So you want to lock in at that rate. is $375 per child. And we're going to do some things to try to help cover the cost. That is the remaining balance. So if you want your child, there's only a certain amount of slots. It is listed in that thing. The first hundred, that is a $100 deposit. The first ones to get that slot will be the ones on the bus, okay? Let me say this. We're going to get in contact because they have not released a statement yet. We will be in contact with them this week. Because of, because of the early bird registration due by April 1st to find out if this is still on or what are the precautions going to be doing to, to with, with the COVID-19, okay? So just get that letter from him. <clears throat> if you want your kid to go to that, it's phenomenal. Uh, Matt is, Matt and Stamp both been to a ton of conferences, but when he got back and he said, that's probably one of the most powerful meetings I've been in. And I mean, he's been in a lot of meetings. And he's been in a lot of my meetings, so I know it was powerful. <laughs> Y'all good? All right. I want to share something with you this morning. Adam, you stay right there. Being how we pay you so good, I, I just got. All right. Ephesians chapter 3, verse got several out this morning just thought about this Cleve's fishing down there so Cleve I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus I'm preaching the gospel this morning and so wish I could be fishing but uh, I'm here at church man I love you <laughs> good to have Steve back man he's been gone for a month fishing so it's great to have him back this morning so <laughs> man listen to this you <laughs> Hey, listen to this. I started to post this on I thing. Listen, Cornerstone will be closed for the next two weeks. Not due to COVID-19, but the fish are biting. Please pay all your ties and stuff online as we will need to purchase bait. And I told Grant, listen to this. I said, son, listen to this. Look at the handiwork of God. But his school is shut down for two weeks when the bass goes on to bed and turkey season over. I'm telling you right now, you can't tell me we ain't in the move of God. All right. 
So we're going to put some turkeys on the dirt in the next five days. In Jesus' name. Ephesians 3, verse 8. I'm going to read out of the New King James because I want to show you one verse of Scripture. I'm back in the same vein, okay, that were the last time I was in the pulpit and we were talking about creativity. And I want to share a story with you that I think is absolutely amazing. Verse 8, it says, To me who I am less than the least of all the saints. To me who I am the least, who I am less than the least of all the saints. This grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles and the unsearchable riches of Christ. Let me say this, by the way, too. Notice something. I don't have reading glasses on this morning. And for the last, for two weeks, this is my second week, I think, I was having trouble seeing in my contacts. So I took my contacts out and had no trouble seeing. And I can read the words on that back TV. I'm going to go to the eye doctor, but I mean, I ain't had no problem. I, my God, we in the move of God. that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the, the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by who? The church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. To the intent now that the manifold wisdom, remember we, we discussed this and we don't have time to relap our last, uh, when we met last time, but that wisdom and creativity cannot be separated. They flow hand in hand. You remember? You remember what we read in Proverbs 8, and we said that wisdom, when we think about wisdom, we think of it being stoic. But wisdom, according to Proverbs 8, is not stoic, but it is, but it is joyful. And wisdom said he was present at the beginning when God was creating, and he was laughing and dancing and having a joyful celebration, watching the Father create. For the Father is the... Uh, is the initiator of the thought. Jesus is the communicator, the Word, and the Holy Spirit is the manifester. You with me? So according to this verse of text, listen to this, that you and I have got a job to do in this community. This is the thought I want to convey to you. You and I have got a job to do in this community that far exceeds having great church. We've got to put on display, come on somebody, the manifold wisdom of God. It must be seen by who? It must be on display by what? The church. Now Bill Johnson says this. He says, when unbelievers lead the way in innovation, it is because the church has embraced a false form of spirituality. If the gospel doesn't transcend the walls of this church, it, cease, it ceases to be the gospel. The gospel must work in the marketplace. It must work in the school, the hospital, in the grocery store, in all parts of society. The gospel, right? So it's got to get outside of the walls of the church. And the earth is, is dying for a form of expression to come from the church. New form of expression. Now listen to this. 
I want to read this again. Creativity is the state or quality of being created. The ability to transcend transcend traditional ideals, rules, patterns, and relationships or the like, to create meaningful new ideas, forms, methods, interpretation, originality, or imagination. Now, this is what I believe that we're going to see. In the next 36 months, you're going to watch a fresh wave of creativity come over this body. You're going to see songs that are being recorded from this body. This is what God's screaming to us, friend. I'm trying to tell you. You're not just riding something waiting on the rapture to happen. I'm telling you, we got a lot of work to do. Are you with me now? We are not riding something waiting on the rapture to take place. We are going to co-labor with God and help create some things in this region. There will be new businesses and restaurants come to this region. Gosh, help me, Lord Jesus. I said we're going to see restaurants come to this region. In the name of Jesus, we're going to see new businesses come in the name of Jesus. We're going to see our city streets change in the name of Jesus. I don't care how long it has been there. I don't care who has held us back for 20 years. There will be a change. There will be a change in leadership. The Bible says you cannot enter a strong man's house. Unless you first bind, you cannot enter a strong man's house to spoil his goods unless you first bind a strong man. That has absolutely nothing to do with binding the devil. The strong man is leaders that prevent change. The strong man is leaders that set in place that prevent change. If you change the leader, you spoil the goods. Catherine and I can tell you this. We, we watched this and Matt watched this played out. We, we took on a Sunday morning, we took our church to the, to the industrial park. And we had some spec buildings out there nobody had moved in or whatever, nobody had done nothing with. So we took our church out there and it's right by, beside Highway 32, one of the four-lane busy highways through that town. And so I'm standing out there and, and we got oil and we out there pouring it all over the side, pouring it all over the road, just and people riding by looking, you know, they already thought it was a cult. We, we, the only building we could find where we started the church, where we rented, there was a little shelter to the side. And there was this little fenced-in area where the man that owned the building, where he kept his mower and stuff you know what I'm saying and so we had these people that wanted to cut these young people that wanted to come to our church and their parents wouldn't let them come said listen we know for a fact he's got a red heifer that they kill every year they hiding him in that fenced in area all this kind of stuff was said about us what I found to be true listen to me if they calling your, your church a cult you're doing something come on somebody if ain't nobody hating on you there ain't nothing moving come on y'all <laughs> So we took our church out there. We poured all, all over the economic area of our city, and we prayed and we asked God, God, would you bring in business leaders with vision? What happened? The golf course got sold. The golf course in our town got sold. Got a guy to come up out of Florida. Florida. Florida, Florida. We called it Florida, okay, where I was from. And so... We had a guy to come up. Not only did he see a golf course, 
He said, man, I believe we could build a nice restaurant and a nice hotel. There's nothing in this city but the Days Inn. We need, we need, we need places to stay. We already had a, a couple of large corporations there, like Milligan, that set their private jet. You don't want them setting their private jet having to book a room at the, at the Days Inn. Come on, somebody. So this guy with vision begin to see something that, was, that, was, that could be sitting on this piece of ground. And not only that, listen to this. Who did he call? Out of every coincidence, he called my uncle, who was a baglet. So God was using us to prophesy it in. Come on, somebody, and call it in. And he was using my family to build it. Now when you go over there, there is a five-star, come on, somebody, hotel that you could stay in and rent a suite in that little old bitty town. What was the big difference in that? A man with vision come in. So if I've already seen it play out in that small town, you can bet yourself assured it is happening here. I'm very excited when I ride by the high school and I see what's going on. I pray to God the East Floss passes again. We need it. Come on, somebody. Listen, who's worried about a penny anyhow? It will build greater sport complex. It will update our schools. Come on, y'all. So we need to pray. God, let this go through in Jesus' name. We're not here to hoard up money, and we're not here to save money. We're here to plant money into the generations that come. So creativity is what comes on the church to get us unstuck or to unbog us where we have been held in tradition. There's nothing wrong with tradition, but how many knows this, that Jesus said that the traditions of men have made the gospel of no effect. Listen, what we're fighting here is not demons and principalities in high places. What we're battling here is religious mindset and the traditions of men that has held the church back from innovation and creativity for years. We're still singing the same song Come on, somebody. We still got church. Um, we still got churches opening a hymn book that was sung 200 years ago. God has done something new. Come on, somebody. He said, arise and sing a new song unto the Lord. It is time for a new expression to come from the church. My God. Ate up with this. This is what moves me, man. Just everything I read and study, I love this stuff. So listen. Let's go right here. I, I know where I'm traveling. Let's go to the book of Exodus. Listen, the songs we pen may never make it to the billboard, but it'll be a song that's come from this ground. That's one of the things that's killed us. Blowing up social media with every post of every gathering you have trying to promote your own ministry. Why don't you just settle in the fact of who God called you to be? There's nothing wrong with remaining hidden. It doesn't matter if anybody that's been on Daystar comes to my funeral or not. That doesn't matter. What matters is how I handled my life and planted into the lives of God to those that entrusted me. Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter if Pastor Parsley comes down here and says something good about me. He doesn't know me. Come on, somebody. But what matters is if Grant can stand up and say, let me tell you something. I watched that man's prayer life. I watched his passion my entire life. That moves me. Because he knows the good, the bad, and the ugly about me. And anytime I ever see Catherine crying in the house of God, I know God's in here because she lives with me. So let me tell you this. 
So here's 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 what we gotta we've gotta break up. One of the traditional things we gotta break up is that we think that the Holy Spirit is in us just for church activity. The Holy Ghost is in you far more than just for church activity. Chris Valentin shares a story in one of his books, and he talks about a program that he had asked them to be able to cre- create in his automotive business to help him uh, more to be more efficient with his stocking of his resources and things like this. And so he had a couple guys to try, and he didn't have the money to, to be able to pay it, so he began to pray and ask God and to begin to seek God. And so he gets on his computer and God tells him, he says, go into this MS-DOS program. And so anyhow, he starts typing in these bunch of numbers. And all of a sudden, this program starts running on his computer and it does everything he needs to do. So anyhow, they sent this IT person down from like IBM or whatever. And he said, there's no way humanly possible that this computer has the capable of doing what you're doing. How many knows this? That God, in his wisdom, this is what I'm talking about. The Holy Ghost is in you far more than for you to speak in tongues. It is in you far more than you come to church and fall and lay down in the floor. We have not yet to begin to tap the richness of what is laying on the inside of us, man. The hope of glory is in me for far more than just be able to speak in tongues. So if, 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 if there's a, in, in Scripture, when you interpret the Scripture, there is something called the law of first mention. When something is first mentioned in the Bible, it sets the precedent, if you will, or lays the foundation for what this subject will be about. So the first person mentioned in the Scripture to be filled with the Spirit of God was not a preacher. He was not a prophet. He was not an apostle or an evangelist, pastor, or teacher. It was a craftsman. You with me? So let's look at this. I'm going to read this right quick, and then I'm going to go to the book of Zechariah, then we're going to get out of here. I'm not preaching very long. I can preach quick. Exodus 31. Look at this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I've called by the name Bezalel, the son of Uriah, the son of Ur, the tribe of Judah. I filled him with the Spirit of God. Look at this. In wisdom in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. Moses receives, has an encounter with God. He sees on a mountain, peers into the tabernacle of heaven, and he's going to create the tabernacle on earth as it is in heaven. He has no idea to build what he sees. So in crying out, God, how are we going to accomplish this? How how are we going to make this happen? How is something like this going to happen? Let me tell you something. If God initiates the thought and you can pray it into being, I can tell you this, God will cause the people you need to carry out the vision. I believe with the way I look at this town now and even in the nation, if you take Malcolm Gladwell, his book called The Tipping Point. How many has ever seen, uh, read that book, The Tipping Point? Oh, we got to read, we got to read. Listen, in his book, he describes three things that causes tipping points. Most people that cause a tipping point, the person that causes the tipping point is usually not the one that runs with the tipping point. John the Baptist was a tipping point. He caused something to happen, but he was not the one destined to run with it. Come on, somebody. He said, I am not the one, but he who cometh after me. 
One of the things that causes tipping points to happen is when people get desperate and when oppression and things are at like just a standstill. People just get tired of that. A tipping point was in Montgomery, Alabama after a hard day's work when Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat on the front. Come on, y'all. She wasn't the one that ran with it. She just caused something to happen. Golly, this is what I want to instill into our kids when you go to school. We're not here to just fit in. Come on, somebody. I'm not here to fit in. I'm not here to comply with the religious mode. Are you with me now? I remember when we planted our church, when we planted our first church, one of the leaders came to me and said, hey, why would you plant a church here? Man, we got churches on every corner. I said, let me tell you, I asked them just like Moses. The reason why I'm here, called the people crying out for something different. Come on, somebody. And I remember when people would show up at our church to try to make us comply. I remember a lady come up and said, your worship is too loud and you sing the same song way too long. I walked right out of the front of that building. I said, I can point you into three churches right now within, within three rock distance that's going to sing one song and ain't going to have but a 20 minute worship service but God didn't call me here to mold and to be the mold like everybody else God called me here because I was different than what was already here Come on, somebody. And I'm not singing the same song to try to get you to learn the song. We're trying to find the river of God. And when I find the river of God, that's the main thing I want. Come on, somebody. I'm not looking for a preach. I'm looking for people to get beyond the veil into the presence of God because if you ever get if you get in my presence you will remain the same but if you ever get in the presence of Almighty God your life is forever changed so Bezalel when God filled him with the spirit when God filled him with the spirit of God the anointing he received was not to speak in tongues. I love speaking in tongues, and I do it every day of my life. But God placed in him the ability to build and to create something. So every time he was working with his hands, that was no different than me standing up, preaching, or communicating. With every swing of the hammer with Bats and Jesse, that's no different than me preaching the gospel. They were anointed to do that. With every business transaction with these businessmen, this is what their calling is to do. Come on, y'all. So you have to find what that is. What is your, what, 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 what is my gift? Man, where, where is it at? Now think about this. The only thing that changed from Acts chapter 2 was in Acts 1 verse 8 where God says, ye shall receive power after that to which the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So now here is the power element in the New Testament for the supernatural signs, wonders, and miracles. Not only am I I anointed plumber, I can cast out devils. Come on, God. I can heal the sick. We do not have a congregation that if someone needs to be baptized, you call me to baptize them. You baptize them. Don't call me to cast no devils out. You cast them out. Don't cause me to call me to heal them. You heal them. All right. 
So think about this. The anointing he received was not an anointing to make life easier in church, but to create, but to, but to build and to create. Now let's look at this in Zechariah chapter 4. I'm going to share a story with you. in a minute I think I wrote this verse down wrong and I, and I still didn't fix it Look at this in Zechariah chapter 1, verse 18. Then I raised my eyes and looked, and there were four horns. And I said to the angel who talked with me, what are these? So he answered me, these are the horns that have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. So in other words, Four principalities has come to wreak havoc on the nation. And we have them invading the nation and they're scattering all of the nation. Then the Lord showed me four craftsmen. Look at this, y'all. You gotta see this. If you don't, if you don't get nothing else, I want you to, if I could drive this in you, it's gonna take a while to, to drive all this down. But I'm telling you, listen to this. So that you got four things that are scattering a nation. Then he looks back and he sees four craftsmen stand up. You with me? And I said, what are these coming to do? So he said, these are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one could lift up his head. People living with no hope. My God, if you ever get a city to be restored in hope, you, you, it, 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 the tide shifted then. If hope ever arises, let me tell you this, if hope ever fully arises in this congregation, we're unstoppable then. There will be no more cheerleading services. Come on, somebody. If hope ever truly arises, the whole reason Jesus came was to preach hope. The four horns have destroyed hope. I think about people that's lived here their whole lives. Finally seen a Walmart come. I come from the same town. I came back from the other day I was... Um, I had to go back to where, uh, to where I pastored at over in Alma. I drove through there. And I hate to say this. I don't want to get no hate mail. But I told Matt, I said, I, I'm just telling you, that, that, that place is dried up. I mean, there is nothing there. I mean, my God, I mean, they desperately need to move with God. So the four horns, these are the horns that scattered Judah so that no one could lift his head. But the craftsmen are coming. To what? Terrify them. Who, who, 
let me ask something. Who, who are the craftsmen? You are. We are. Terry, your business is a craftsman. Michelle, your store is a craftsman in this community. The full horn's coming to ramshack this community, but God says, hey, I've raised up a craftsman, and the craftsman's going to terrify that horn. My God, don't this just destroy what we've been taught in church. We here hunkered down waiting on the rapture. Lord, just pray we hold on and stay true to the end and just wait on the heavenly helicopter. No, God's saying, listen, what I put inside of you will terrify hell. The church is not on defense trying to keep the enemy from making a touchdown. The church is supposed to be on offense running the ball. The Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That is not the picture of a church hunkered down behind the wall saying, oh God, I pray it, don't come in here. Oh God, don't let, no, what that is a picture of saying, listen, there is no defense. We can run any play we want to. We snap the ball at our will and run it because he don't have nothing to stop the fullback and the running back and the passing game that we got on the field. I'm here to tell you that the church of Jesus Christ has got, listen, it's got the wing offense. It's got every offense ever been designed by heaven and nothing can stop what if we had people that believe that? He said that the craftsmen are here to terrify the horns. That's why I said what I said about earlier. It doesn't matter what if proms canceled from here to New Zealand you got to realize what's in you is here to terrify a horn that's trying to come up against the city. I don't care if the trucking industry tanks left and right. I'm here to tell you that that man right there is going to be rolling. Come on, somebody. I remember when I was a young kid watching Parsley, he said, I don't care if syrup goes to $10 a sop. God going to make sure we got $10 to put the sop in. Come on, somebody. I'm just asking you, what do we serve? We serve something on a whatnot shelf, or do you serve the creator of the heavens and the earth? Sometimes we get we think we think of God like a president. We think you know like he's like the president. If you're a president and you're a president's child, I mean you might can go jump on Air Force One, you might can walk into over office, you know what I'm saying? But you ain't got no special benefits because you're the president's child. But it all shifts if you're a king. Because <laughs> the king ain't gotta go through no other two branches of government. The king makes a decree. And his child, his child got every privilege he does, not because of anything he earned, but because of his birthright. I'm here to tell you God is king of kings. And he has decreed, I have blessed you with every spiritual blessing that pertains to life and godliness hath already done. We're not praying for the blessing. It's already taken place. All right. Listen to this. I'm drawn into stories like this. So we're in a meeting one day. John Brown shares his story with me. And then I told him, he says, well, I want to hand you a book. And he hands me a book. There's this lady living in Jacksonville, Florida. She's got four children, three sons that played football. And we love sports in our household. Stan sent me a thing yesterday and said that, you know, uh, where this guy was talking about shutting down the God, talking about sports or whatever. Let me tell you what he did shut down. He shut down basketball and baseball. And I said, listen, let me tell you this I know. 
the game of baseball will be played throughout all eternity in the kingdom of heaven. It is a game with nine men, nine gifts of the Spirit. Come on. It's played on a diamond. All right. So now we got to watch stuff on MLB Network. You know, I mean, they done aired Kirk Gibson's Homer, you know what I'm saying? And forever. I mean, let's... Anyhow. Maybe they help the Braves. They need more time. You know what I'm saying? Train by themselves. We'll season be, they'll be ready. All right. So in this household... They're just like us, okay? Just a normal family, three boys playing sports. They're a sports family. They got to be at church at 1030, like us, okay? Some of us come at 11, but church starts at 10. So in this, it was their family time. Mom was in there making homemade blueberry muffins. ESPN airs a show, and they air a show about this school in Barrow, Alaska, which is the most northern city in America. There's no roads in, no roads out. The only way to get there is by plane or by boat. This town was being being just ravished by suicide. No hope with the kids ravished by drugs and addiction. And so they met and they did this poll. What could change us? What could, I mean, what, what, what could change our schooling? What could turn all of this around? And they all agreed, all the students agreed, if we could have a football program. Well, man, in, in Barrow, Alaska, where I think it's around November, it stays dark till somewhere mid-January, early February, somewhere along in there. Just forgive me if I don't have it all right, okay? I'm, I'm about eight chapters in this book. I'm reading four books right now, plus the Bible, so give me a little break. So, so um, with, with the permafrost that is there, the ground stays frozen. No grass will grow. So they kicked off this football program. They didn't have paint to paint the lines on the field. They had flower sacks, and they would run the flower down the sidelines or whatever and just do the lines, whatever. And so ESPN had went out there, and they did a documentary on this, on this school of Barrow, Alaska. And these three boys that played football and, 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 and her husband had played in the NFL and they're watching this and the kids scream, mom and dad, come in here. And he showed the kids and the kids were like cut up. I mean, man, they had like cut marks on their legs and everything else where they were getting tackled on this gravel and this frozen tundra, this permafrost. And she's sitting there and they, they're about to eat their muffins and they're about to go to church and they're about to do the religious thing and go to the buffet and then go, you know, life's just carrying on. Come on, y'all. She watches this and all of a sudden, tears start running down her face. Oh my God. She's like, my kids play on a turf field. And these kids are, I mean, they love the game so much that they're willing to be cut up and be tackled on gravel and frozen permafrost. She goes to church and she's in a small church of about 50 people that was just a fresh plant. And she says, I can't remember a thing that was being preached that Sunday morning. All I could think about was those kids. And she sits there and she has this crazy, crazy idea. Let's put a turf field in Barrow, Alaska. She gets in the car and she tells her husband, she says, you know what God said? I feel like God's telling me to put a turf field in Barrow, Alaska. 
He busts out laughing. The three boys said, that'll never happen. See, she has a girl, and the girl actually believes, Mom, we make can make that happen. I long for the day. One of my greatest dreams is to see a church before I die on the earth that when they hear something from God, they don't look at their bank account and don't see why it can't happen. I do not lead. My staff knows this. Don't look at my eyes and tell me why it cannot happen. If God said it, it can happen. I will never work with a staff that says we cannot do that. Because the Bible I read says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Either believe the Bible or not. Come on, somebody. We have got to change the dialect. We cannot say can't, won't, will not, never. That is not in our vocabulary. Come on, somebody. We are ambassadors of Christ. Come on, somebody. We walk with the favor of God. Are you with me now? If I got to go before executives, before Walmart, I walk in that building, believe I'm a king's kid. Come on, somebody. Walking in the divine favor of God, in the wisdom of heaven. Come on now. And I believe God's going to move on my behalf. So, I believe God's telling me to do this. At this time, her husband was an assistant coach at Bartram Trail High School just around in the Jacksonville area. They were going to all turf fields so they knew what the cost of the turf was going to have. Long story short is this. After it's all said and done, they raised $1 million with no roads going into a city. Only by plane or boat, they built a turf field literally just a hundred feet off from the Arctic Ocean and those kids are running up and down that turf field playing football. Suicide rate dropped. Come on somebody. Drugs dropped. It got hope back into a city that my God something can happen. I'm telling you these are the things that we're going to see God do in the last days. We are not going to win the loss with a microphone and a speaker setting up some gospel crusade somewhere. There's got to be a fresh creativity and wisdom come from the house of God like we have never seen. This is it. Show the clip right here, John Brown, before we go. At the top of the world, there are no roads in. Life is lived below zero. But in Barrow, Alaska, football offers a ray of hope. Push, 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 push. Going back, going back, hit it. Who's all in? Whenever the windshield's below zero, we gotta play. You better love this game if you're playing in Barrow. High school football team striving to win it all in a climate as fierce as the game that they love. Especially living in Barrow. It's all we have. I'm all in for this. Go, go! Get to the offside! I am so excited about what's going to happen this season with these young men. We're loving it! Give me one time! Football Town, Barrow, Alaska, an NFL Network original series. Premieres September 22nd, only on NFL Network. Think about it. Eight years ago, that was gravel and flour. One housewife in Jacksonville, Florida saw an ESPN clip It says, God, we need a turf field in Barrow, Alaska. No, that, that was not done through big company donations. 
that was done by the little man because big companies said, listen, we can't even get there. It's too difficult. I'm so thankful within five years that I'll watch John Bentley play his high school baseball on a new stadium. may not mean nothing to the church goer, but it means progress is happening in my town. Friend, why should you pray for the businesses? If you want to be blessed beyond your wildest dreams, you want to pray for the businessmen in this community. Because as they are blessed, we are blessed. Don't buy into the lie that the rich keep getting richer. Even Jesus said that, and there's a reason why the rich keep getting richer. You can get mad and you can get sad, but as the rich get richer, it helps us too. So, Father, I thank you for the creativity of heaven coming. Entrepreneurship like never before in the name of Jesus. Father, the grace to build. Let the plumb line be in our hand like it was in Zacharias. To rise and build. Oh, Zerubbabel, the plumb line is in your hand. Father, we pray, God, Lord, for creative expression like has never been known into this community. Father, I pray that songs that have never entered into earth's realm would be sung in this house, that we would begin to venture on a journey and be, be not afraid to step outside of the traditional views and the traditional lines of what church is like. And we would just begin to follow your heart blazing a trail. We are an apostolic people. That means we are pioneers. That means we are homesteaders. We look for the we look for the frozen tundra and we build on that. Come on somebody. How many love to build in this house? Come on, we are master builders. And so I'm just telling you God's going to cause resources upon resources. I was reminded when I received the gift that I mentioned earlier, I was reminded of a word. Pastor Dale went to Moultrie, Georgia, I believe is where he met Bishop Jim Dutton. And Jim Dutton prophesied over him right then. He called him out. He says, son, as long, this is what he said. He says, when you staying in my will, right, Junior? He said, when you staying in my will and you doing what I'm telling you to do, he says, son, know this, that you shall not worry about resources because I will cause resources upon resources upon resources to be heaped upon you. And I'll never forget sitting in his office when I was in my late 20s. He said, John, the same word that was given to me is, is the same word to you. So I just said, after I received that, I said, I said God, I thank you that I'm in the center of your will. And as remote, long as I remain in your will doing what you told me to do you will cause resources upon resources upon resources to be heaped in this place I will tell you this the vision that was started in this house to see this downtown area redone we're going to see it redone in the name of Jesus I will have an ice cream shop and a sandwich shop down there and all them little boys riding their bicycles and little girls riding their bicycles to this church they won't have to worry about eating come on somebody call me give them a sandwich and an ice cream every day in our own store down there I'm just telling you what we're going to do in Jesus name you can believe this you can laugh at me tell you he's smoking crack he's lost his mind I'm telling you what God's going to do I'm going to pull right there and I'm going to just walk just a few blocks down the road and eat at my own firehouse subs. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, come on. I'm tired of going to Subway, getting one little piece of one little piece of ham on a foot-long piece of bread and a little bit of mayo. We bringing a real sandwich shop into this house in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I said, come on, somebody. I said, rise and build. This is our greatest hour, church. Arise and shine for the glory of God is risen on you. Yes, sir.
We're going to have a dance academy. Catherine's going to Arizona in November. We got to get on this help deal like never before. I've overlooked it. Dropped 22 pounds, baby, since January the 1st. We own it. We own it. I'm telling you, let me tell you something. A lot of people might not come to church, but let me tell you what they would come. They would come to a place where these chairs ain't in here. They come down here and work out. But let me tell you how the workout session is going to be. If you've not seen Revelation Wellness, it's an amazing thing. Come on, somebody. But if we had her and Allison and Abby and Nicole up here with microphones on there talking about, listen, not only are your health, but what we're going to preach is wholeness, being whole, body, soul, and spirit, which is what God desires. Come on, somebody. And quote the word over somebody. This is creative ideas that move and transcend out of the walls of the church. Gosh. We got us a football coach that believes in the word. We got us a baseball coach that believes in the word. He might not be perfect now. Neither am I. He may use some language sometimes when the heat's on, but so do you. Huh? I'm going to see how I saved you. I'm going to call you tonight at 2 o'clock and say, I'm sorry, I got the wrong number. Oh, that's okay. God bless you. By the fourth one day, you done let it fly. <laughs> Stuff that it's going to take Siri to interpret. I just feel it in my bones. Christian, now's the time. We've been like never before. We're going to build. We're going to build. If they don't get that wreck department done by God's grace and mercy, he's going to give us that land back then. we'll build our own department. I'm telling you right now, I can do some way better than that anyhow. I can do upward sports because it's not held at some county facility. We can bring Jesus into it. Come on, somebody. Come on now. And I'm just trying to tell you, you're going to have people to show up and say, I don't know why I'm here. I just, my just something about it. I just hear. I just feel drawn to this place. Well, what's drawing you is the kingdom of God. Man, we just got to go. Father, I bless this people today. I bless this people today. Jesus. Oh, I bless you in the name of the Lord. Oh, I bless you in the name of the Lord. I bless you the dream. I bless you the hope. And I bless you to see. Father, anoint our eyes with salve that we may see. Oh, anoint our eyes that we may see. Let us dream. Let us rest and dream. I bless you with recreation over the next two weeks. Boy, I feel the hand of the Lord in this house. Rusty, I really believe this right here. That you could just go fish for 10 days straight 
How do you spell recreation? Recreate. I hear the Lord saying over the next two weeks, I'm calling a recreation to come from this place. By the power of God. Just holding a pole in your hand, you could have one thought that would change the school system for generations to come. Father, I bless this house with recreation right now. They won't nobody be at church next week. I bless you with recreation to recreate. To recreate. In the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, divine rest is right here. All you got to do is receive it. The peace of God, receive it. The hope of God, receive it. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God. I want you to stand up and give God a great God bless you. Listen, there'll be no services Wednesday night. We will see you next Sunday. If anything was to change, we'll let you know. God bless you all. We'll see you here next Sunday. We hope you enjoyed our message of the week. Thanks for joining us. Our passion at Cornerstone is our family atmosphere built on deep relationships. We want to connect with you. Please take a moment and download our app and connect with us on social media to stay updated with all things Cornerstone. We pray you have a wonderful week.